Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast is about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. So, how are you guys? Staying away from trouble? Social distancing? Doing all the good stuff? I hope everyone's okay. I hope everyone's chilling. I hope everyone is staying healthy. So, before we get to the good stuff, I want to talk about business as always. Please follow me on my Facebook, on Instagram, an immigrant's life. Share, like, review, and subscribe. I appreciate that. For the Apple listeners, hey man, five star, let's go. Write some review too, you know, two seconds. If you really want me to continue this and if you really care and if you're enjoying this, that's the best way to support me, to be honest. That's the best way. Also, for the YouTube listeners, like, share, comment and subscribe you know don't just watch it i appreciate you watching it but come on take that extra step do me a favor subscribe because youtube cares about those subscribers and for the ones that doesn't follow me on social media and just listen to the podcast i just want to let you know that we have hit 104 ranking on in canada for personal journal genre on uh, Apple Podcasts. I really do appreciate that. Thank you very much. And I'm proud to share that to you guys. And let us keep rolling along, you know. Let's crack that 100. And speaking of social media, I want to give a shout out to Roseanne Mendez Ibanez for guessing where my guest was a few weeks ago. For the ones that joined, thank you very much. And if you want to, I want to, I'm going to start doing this more. Since I enjoy the interaction, I'm going to start doing it more. And so follow me on Facebook and Instagram. So enough of the business side. Let's talk about the episode. This episode is a good example of the power of the Internet. The Internet connects us to the outside world. And if you use it positively, good things will happen. And this is a great example. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. I know I say it all the time, but today we really have a very special guest. She's an adventurer, a high-level athlete, and an excellent podcaster. She plays tennis like Serena, and she's as beautiful as Adriana Lima. Everyone, please welcome Leticia Dos Santos. Oh, Teo, that's a great introduction. I appreciate all of that. I mean, I, I couldn't say more. Thank you. Uh, I'm Leticia Dos Santos. I'm originally from Brazil, and I'm currently living in the United States. Mm. But right now you're in Brazil, right? Right now I'm in Brazil because of the pandemic. Mm. Would you like to tell the listeners how we met? Oh, that <laughs> That's actually a great story. <laughs> um, on Instagram, I would say, I mean, I liked your picture and we started talking on message because I just recently got uh, into podcasting as well. And then we started talking and you you gave us this opportunity. You asked me to be part of your podcast and I said yes. And uh, here, here we are. <laughs> I know. Like I said to you, when... We started talking and I said, oh, would you like to do the podcast? Because it makes sense for you to come on my podcast. And you said, yes. I'm like, okay, sure. It's a person from the internet. You know what I mean? And then it's actually happened. And I'm like, it is happening. I know. Which is amazing. And I'm grateful. And I'm grateful to you for coming on the podcast. And uh, oh, before we forget, would you like to say what your podcast is about? Yeah. So, of course, my podcast is called I-20 Sports Talk. It's mainly I interview former international student athletes who went to the United States to play college sports. So I always interview them. I'm also interviewing people who can bring different point of views in sports or like I will be having you on the show as well to talk about immigration and basketball. Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. And I am loving it. I like your podcast. I actually listen to it and it's very enjoyable. And I love listening to the athletes, high level athletes. I appreciate it. Let's start from the start. Which part of Brazil were you born? 
So I'm from a city about four hours from São Paulo. Uh, the name is São José do Rio Preto, which is a I'm very not long... I'm going to try to repeat that. It's, it is a very long name. I, I got to admit that. Um, but yeah, it's a small town close to four hours from São Paulo, seven hours from Rio, just as a reference. Yeah, I, mm. I, I grew up here, so... Do you like living there? I do. I... I have had many memories here and yeah. I used to have a lot of friends, but since I moved seven years ago, I now don't have a lot of friends, but still I have some friends. Mm. How crazy does it get when it's carnival season? Oh, in my city, the, it doesn't get very crazy because it's, it's small compared to Rio and Sao Paulo. But I have to say, Carnival in Rio or Salvador, it gets pretty crazy. <laughs> you stay away from there? Yeah, I try I try going there, but I go with my parents, so I don't actually have like chance to party or anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That, I think that's one thing I would like to go, but will never want to go. Just looking at it just tires me already. But you yeah. enjoy it when you go. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you see people from all over the world. And so it's pretty awesome. And they have so much fun. They dress up and they they can drink in the streets, which you cannot do in America. So I guess that, <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> of course, of course. And you mentioned you move and you speak fluent English. Did you learn English in Brazil or... Yeah, no, I actually, when I first went to the U.S. in 2013, I couldn't speak English at all. Mm. I I was the kind of person that they would ask me if I was hungry and I would say it was hot. That that kind <laughs> of, <laughs> I'm no joke, <laughs> no joking. Uh, that, that was my level of English. So I learned, I would say it took me about a year and a half, two years to be um concise and little fluent mm. how old were you when you moved i was 18 years old did you, and you moved by yourself yes i did because i mostly went to play college tennis so mm. i went there by myself and um yeah I, i just had to have a little bit of courage of course can you tell us about the process of going to the u.s and to play Were you offered a scholarship? Yeah. So when I first went, I went to a junior college, which is before you transfer to a four-year university, because I didn't have English, like I said. So I didn't pass the, the tests or the minimum grade to go to a four-year university. So I first went to Southern California, where I I was there. there. I was there for three years. So um, I I actually had an agency that helped me to get all the paperwork together here oh. in Brazil. And they helped me talk with uh, colleges there. And I got, I think, three colleges um, opportunities to go. But I didn't really like the other two. So I ended up choosing the better city and smaller cities since I couldn't speaking English. <laughs> mm. What was the clincher for this college? Um, I think the weather. I mean, <laughs> it was Palm Desert because, and it's actually the desert and it's super hot during the summer, Ooh. but it's such a beautiful city and the college was pretty good. Um, the coach at the time, I heard she was like a mom, which turned down that she wasn't and she, she actually left the year I got there but um yeah and you they made have her quit <laughs> <laughs> yeah no <laughs> I I think I met her like for one semester but we, we were not very close um and they also had one pro tennis tournament there the BNP Paribas Indian Wells mm. which is a very big um tennis tournament so that definitely had a weight on my decision <laughs> Okay, so you have more reps. Yeah. Mm. And you did well? Uh, I 
I didn't play on that tournament because I wasn't that good, but <laughs> I wish I, I was. But uh, no, I, I did went there and I, I, I was a bulky the first two years that I was there for like Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer. No. I know. It, it was such an awesome experience. Uh, Novak Djokovic and all the big players. So I got to watch them playing from close and it was such a great experience. That's awesome. I, I bet you learned some tricks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And mostly the mental side of the game because they they are amazing. Mm -hmm. They're so calm on court. Yeah. So you came to America. You barely you barely speak English. And I'm sure you were culture shocked. Uh, yes, it was definitely a culture shock. And I would say the, the most one that I had was that uh, Brazilians, we are very close to each other. And when we say hi, like we give kiss on the cheek, even though you don't know the other person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh. in, when I first went to America, I was like, all right, note to self. Just shake hands when you first meet them. <laughs> so there's no problem. And that that was definitely a hard um, thing for me because I I couldn't, I would say sometimes it was like in the beginning. Now I think I'm more American because I actually come to Brazil and people come close to me and I need my personal space. Like the, <laughs> the personal American. space. <laughs> the personal space that Americans usually want to. Mm. Uh, so my friends are, they are even like, they even joke about that. So, Did you like the food in America? I did. I have to say that healthy food in America costs so much money. <laughs> and I gained like 10 kilos, which I, it would be maybe like 20 pounds. I, mm. I'm not sure. Um I, I gained that just like in maybe five months. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good for your career. I I know, I know. It, it's not good. And I, I used to eat ice cream and cookies together because ice cream <laughs> by itself wasn't enough. So that, that's where I gained like so many weight, so much weight. I know Americans love Brazilians. Did that affect you somehow? Um, I mean, they... They have a, a way to think about Brazilians. I think Americans, they see Brazilians as like party time and, um, you know, like bikinis and carnivals. <laughs> and I, I went when I first went there, I was super shy. Hmm. So it was kind of hard for me to break that um, barrier of shyness, I would say. And I mean, they... They have a different view of Brazilians that we actually are. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I see that. I see that. Was there any person that you leaned on when you were, you know, homesick and questioning your decision of moving? Yeah, I mean, I had, I was very lucky when I first went there because I decided to leave with a host family, which mm. is they, they host students from all over the world and, um, I, I was so lucky because it, it was, um, B and A's and they, they helped me with everything I needed and I am forever grateful. And I take them as my American family. Now I go there all the time. Uh, I, my car is actually there. So they're watching my car for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would say it helped me a lot to have them there mm -hmm. because they taught me English, first of all, and they taught me the American culture, which mm -hmm. is amazing. And they do that for all the students they have and they host. So I would say they 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 were the people that I, I would lean on when I needed some comfort, for sure. Mm, that's awesome. So was it like a house and then you live in a basement situation? It, it is a house and they have five rooms other rooms which um other students come so i lived with people from all over from germany japan china um from all over the place and it was it was super nice because all the girls are super sweet and we used to get along very well 
um, with other girls who will get along and go hang out and hang out in each other's room. So it was a house and they would um, make food for us, dinner, and we all sit down around the table and eat dinner together. So it, it actually gave me that uh, family experience that I have back home since I'm very close to my parents and my family in general. Mm. So you had other athletes that barely speaks English too, so you guys can practice your English without judging each other. Yeah, yeah. They they were other students. They were not actually like athletes, but they were other students from the junior college. Mm, that's cool. And what did you take in the college? So I first got my associate degree in journalism at um, College of the Desert in Palm Desert. And then I transferred to a four-year university because that's the way you, you need to do after you graduate from junior college. You mm. go to a four-year to get your bachelor's. And I went to Hawaii. Mm, wow. Hawaii. Man, you're choosing the best spots. <laughs> I know. I, I, I got to say I was pretty smart <laughs> in that decision. <laughs> Um, you mentioned to me offline that it was a it was hard for you to go to Hawaii. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, um, it was a pretty hard decision because once you want to transfer as a student athlete, you actually have to contact the coach and send uh, your video playing tennis. And Hawaii was a place that I really wanted to go to. So I tried to contact the coach and and we had like a little bit of miscommunication in the beginning. Mm. So I I I had a little trouble to my path to Hawaii, I would say, um, because of communication issues. And what do you mean by that? Uh, sorry. What do you mean by miscommunication? Like language wise or what? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the coach was always super busy. So it wasn't, and I was a little bit in a hurry to get a scholarship and try to get, make my decision as soon as possible. Hmm. So it was, it took her a little bit of time to, to answer me and to kind of finalize um, the contract and everything. But we are super close now. And uh, I, I see that it was a miscommunication and a little bit of that. Um, did you get a scholarship moving to Hawaii? I did. Um, I did get a scholarship. It wasn't what I wanted it, but it was good enough that for I was fortunate enough that my parents could support me there um, with rooms and food. So that was um, definitely, um, I was definitely lucky that my parents could support me even though I didn't get the amount of scholarship I wish, because, you know, if you don't want to play for college <laughs> for anything, then, but, you know, it was, it was worth it because mm. my experience there was amazing. Wow. So it sounds like you're very close to your parents. How hard was that leaving them? Yeah, I I am actually very close to my parents and it was pretty hard in the beginning, I would say, but they they never thought I would be able to stay in, in the U.S. for so long. And it, it is actually a surprise for them that mm. I don't want to go back to, I don't want to come back to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I, I don't know, they never, they never thought I would uh, stay there, you know, and um because I was just so close with them and I'm the youngest out of the other two siblings that I have, older brothers, and they never thought that, but I guess I, I, I proved them wrong. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's one of your inspiration to prove them wrong. They kept... <laughs> Am I right? Yes, you, you are <laughs> definitely right. It was, it was like, you know, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to give up. Um, but actually it was hard, but I knew what I wanted it. And I wanted to learn English so badly. So that's why I probably stick with it. Mm. Was this, is, are there schools of English school in Brazil? Yes, but I would say, I mean, there are a lot of English schools here that you can go to, but I would say that it's not as effective 
Because, yeah. I mean, you go to class and you spend, I don't know, one hour learning um, grammar and the to be verb, <laughs> you know, something like super basic and mm. you don't actually speak. And then you go off class, out of class and you speak Portuguese for the next six days. Mm. So that, that that didn't really work for me. And I tried that, but that didn't work. You know how I taught myself how to speak English? How? Watching TV. Yeah. And then uh, just translating. I translated myself, whatever they're saying, I translated it to myself. Yeah, that's a very, I heard that's very effective too. And I mean, me being Brazil right now, it's definitely has helped me to read books and watch movies and TV shows, even with captions, because that way I can keep practicing and practicing my, my listening and my reading as well. Mm, yeah, it's English. English is the business language. Yeah, exactly. Like like we were talking about is, you know, you decide to do your podcast in English and I, I as well decided to do mine in English. That way it could uh, reach as many people as possible. Exactly. So let's go back to Hawaii. How awesome was that to live in paradise? Oh, I, I have to say, I miss that so much. And it is it is kind of weird because when I left there, I was like, you know, I'm burned out. I just want to leave the island. But man, I miss that place. <laughs> <laughs> You're so privileged of the beauty. I know. You wake up and it's sunny. Uh, the weather is beautiful. You can watch the sunrise that it's beautiful. And you can watch the sunset on the same day that is also beautiful. And if you get rain, it's like what we call pineapple rain fast. And it's just it, it just comes so it, it can like mess up with a little bit of your plans. And then it goes out and it's beautiful again. So oh. it's... Why is it called pineapple rain? I don't know. I think it's just it's just that thing. It, it comes just to to mess up a little bit of your day and refresh a little bit, and mm -hmm. then it goes away. I love pineapples. I know, me too. And I mean, pineapples in Hawaii—they they are amazing. Yeah, they're so sweet. I'm sure. Actually, in the Philippines, we have plantations of pineapples. We're famous for that too. I mean, that's oh. not not as famous as Hawaii, obviously. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess you went to the beach almost every day. Yeah. You know what? We used to practice right in front of the beach. So no <laughs> so How can you focus? Like, <laughs> I know. So you'll be like, we'll be hitting the ball. And then it was just look across the, the your inner partner and you'll see the beautiful ocean. <laughs> Is there like a rainy season? Like, um, There's... I no, I wouldn't say that. I think it's the same weather all year around. Cause I spent the end of the year there one time with my family and it was beautiful just as it was in May, August, June. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think are the difference between the mainlanders compared to Hawaiians? Oh, <laughs> I would say that they, Hawaiians and people in Hawaii, they are so chill and they enjoy life to the fullest. You know, like they, I mean, in the mainland, if you say 8 a.m., it's going to be 8 a.m. In Hawaii, if you say 8 a.m., it can be 8.30, 8.40. It's a little bit very similar to Brazil, but Brazil is a little bit, it's more over the place. It's like, if it's eight o'clock, then probably will be 10 in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, I have a theory about that. I call it, I know Brazil is not an island, but I call it island mentality. Because <laughs> it's so beautiful where you're at, right? And yeah. you don't have to rush to go anywhere. Yeah. Just stay at the beach or, you know, wherever you're staying that is beautiful. There's no rush because Filipinos are terrible too. Oh, really? Yeah. If you like, exactly. Like you say, eight o'clock, that's going to be 10 o'clock for sure. <laughs> so if it's a surprise party, you better say, if you want it at seven, you better say four o'clock. 
Uh, that's very interesting. I didn't, I did not think it was like that in the Philippines, but that's yeah. pretty cool to know. Mm. Where did you have the most destruction, California or Hawaii? Uh, I would say probably California in the first couple years or mm. the first year or so, because when I got there, I. I got there with another like 15 other Brazilians mm. and we would speak Portuguese and we would party like three times a week. <laughs> so I was more uh, not focused. I was not focused as much there as I was in Hawaii. Hawaii was determined to focus on studies and playing. Of course, I, I still would go party and stuff, but in I think in California, my first year i was yeah it was a little over the place <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man i want to talk about your tennis career a little bit when did you start playing tennis yeah i started playing tennis when i was eight years old because of my my middle brother he was a very good uh tennis player and i saw him playing all the time so i wanted to try and <laughs> End up that I was pretty talent, so it was a good him? thing. Uh, I would say when I was when I was young, no, but I would um, lose a lot and I would not be happy. <laughs> of course, he, he was stronger than me. I mean, he's still three years old, older than me. But uh, now, yes, I do beat him. Did he go to university to to play tennis? No, he actually, when he turned 16, he kind of gave up the tennis side of him because I think maybe it was a little bit too much pressure. And he also started like going out and meeting girls and mm. wanting more that party side than the actual sports side. And I think he was, he, he was always a little bit uh, frustrated with uh torments so i think maybe the pressure of playing mm. kind of made him make this decision mm. yeah you mentioned about the mindset of a champion that's really difficult to get into yeah it is and i mean if you're not focused then it it gets pretty hard i mm. mean i I, I would say sometimes I had distractions in the U.S. and I, I had to pull it together. Even though I'm a, I'm a very focused and determined person, I would still have those distractions because, I mean, you're in college, you, you always have some distractions happening. Mm, like boys? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> but I would say like parties and maybe like some mental break and just... I mean, you're, I'm a girl, so I I would have some emotional roller coaster going on, and that would get me a little bit distracted. What but, do you mean by that? Um, I would say maybe like some days you're just more sad than the others, and you just want to lay down and cry. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that's like that's like sometimes I, I that just happens. I don't know. Maybe it's just that time of the month or maybe it's just something that bothers you and you cannot control so yeah and what do you do when that happens i cry no <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes i would freak out a lot but i think with maturity i now just take the time and listen to my body and mm. see that I mean, if my body wants to relax that day, I'm going just to relax and watch a movie. And if I want to eat chocolate, I'm going to eat chocolate. Or I just listen to my body and what it's telling me. I love it. As the French yeah. says, laissez-faire. <laughs> they, they don't care. They'll do whatever they want to do. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's awesome. Do you still train? I don't. I wish I was training because tennis, it's, it's my passion. I love tennis so much and I don't train. Um, sometimes I play here where, where I'm living now, but I'm very excited that next semester I would be more often on the court with the tennis team. So I'm looking forward to that. But tennis is definitely 
uh, passion of mine. And I wish I was training as hard as I was when I was a player. But it's also like I I have no motivation for that because I'm no longer on a team. So it's kind of mm. hard. Yeah, that's hard. If you if there's no carrot in front of you to chase. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So you finished university in Hawaii? Yes, I finished university in Hawaii. I got my bachelor's degree there in communication studies. Mm-hmm. And then I did one year of OPT, which is one year visa that I get after I graduate. Mm-hmm. So what's I can, OP, Sorry, what's OPT? It's optional practical training. Oh, oh, here yeah. we call it OJT, oh, on-the-job training or stage. Yeah, exactly. So you get that visa after you graduate. And um, I got that one and I did a very cool internship. I first did half year with the tennis team in Hawaii, where I helped them for one season. And then I moved back to Palm Desert when I first went to the U.S. Hmm. And I was interning with a local TV station that um, is affiliated with NBC. So that was super awesome. Hmm. What did you do there? I was helping out the sports reporter. It it was kind of like a finding because... Like my host dad knew someone, then that knew someone, and then it was kind of like that path. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being so great because I met uh, some great people there. And um, the the sports reporter, she she was amazing, and she helped me with everything. She taught me so much, and I'm forever grateful to for mm, her. That's awesome. Did you meet anyone cool, like famous, great athletes? Uh, I sure did. And I got to go to the, um, the Dodgers stadium with her. Mm. And that was pretty awesome because they were revealing like the 2020 um, our, our Star game logo. And met, she was interviewing some famous um, athletes. And that was pretty cool. Wow. Did she ever allow you to like, oh, you know what? I'm lazy right now. Talk to him. <laughs> no, no, no. She was never lazy. She always do her job very well. And she's a great reporter. But I, I would help her with camera work and, um, you know, just anything she wanted it really just as a production assistant. And sometimes I would take the camera and she will be interviewing. Oh, you, sh- you shoot her? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Sometimes I did. Because sometimes there was no, like, cameras to go with her. Hmm. And um, maybe sometimes it was just for a news package. And um, I would just, we would just record with um, the phone or a camera, and I would be the one behind it. No way. What do you guys use? Like a cell phone camera? <laughs> you know what? We we were shooting with camera, like a DLSLR camera, mm. a big one. But then one time we shot with her cell phone and <laughs> it was so great. Then we just started doing that. And everyone in the newsroom was like, oh, what camera are you guys using? I was like, oh, just just my phone. And I mean, phones can do amazing things nowadays. Mm. So it, it's great. It was like the latest iPhone. So it was crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's just really the lighting. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, in Palm Desert, we didn't really have that um, that trouble a lot because it was always sunny outside and it was always good time to shoot. But when we would do inside, uh, the camera will be with us or we will have maybe like a light with us. Mm. I saw that I did some Googling and I saw that your college is close to Joshua Tree National Park. Did you go? I did not, and I and I still cannot believe I didn't have the chance to go there because I wanted to go there so bad, but I never found anyone to go with me. I of course I drove through it, but I didn't get to go and camp there or do any exploring there. And don't like really, I am looking so forward to going back because I really wanted to go to that national park. I'm not going to lie, I'm disappointed with you. <laughs> <laughs> so after the internship, what did you do next? So after my internship, um, I had to make a decision between going back, coming back to Brazil 
or stay in the U.S. and pursuing a master's degree. And I just thought after my bachelor's, I didn't have that much experience to come back to Brazil and be successful here at what I, I want to do, which is sports broadcasting. So I decided to pursue my master's in San, in San Francisco uh, at Academy of Art. Mm. And what are you doing there? Journalism? Yeah, so I'm pursuing a degree called Communications and Media Technologies, mm. which you get uh, time on camera, off camera. You learn how to write scripts. It's a, it's very hands-on opportunity, and it's a very hands-on school. So that, that was one thing I really liked about that school in particular. Oh, yeah. I see a pattern here. You choose the best parts to go. <laughs> You're from Brazil. Went to Palm Desert, went to Hawaii, and then went to San Francisco. You're smart. I know, right? But I, I actually didn't like the idea of going to San Francisco. But I have to admit, and I was just there for a couple months mm -hmm. before the, the pandemic hit. But it was actually super good to live there. And I loved it. I mean, I didn't have any friends there. I just had my roommates and some people, a um, few people from school, but it was still so nice. And I could go everywhere. I could um, go to parks and just spend time on my own. And I, I just love that. Oh, yeah. I heard it's expensive. It is. <laughs> yes, it is very expensive. And like I said, in Hawaii, I had a little bit of scholarship. In San Francisco, I have nothing. So it's it, it turns out to be very expensive. But... I think it it can be rewarding in, in the future, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, do you go to work? Yeah, I mean, when, when you are studying the U.S., you cannot really work because of visa status. Oh. So, unfortunately, I could not work my first year there. But I can work starting in January because I have done halfway of my my degree. Mm -hmm. So I can work starting in January. So I'm looking forward to that too. That's awesome. Good luck on that. Thank you. Mm. Okay. So Palm Desert versus Hawaii versus San Francisco. If you can choose where to live, where are you going to live? Oh, that's a such a hard question <laughs> because I think... I, nowadays, I will probably go back to Hawaii because I just miss that place so much and, and the freedom and uh, the vibes there. Um, but I also like, I also love Palm Desert and the desert is like my heart because that's where like I grew up, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, so I don't know. That's such a You have to choose. Okay, I would say Hawaii just because I can go on hikes and it's always a beautiful weather there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for torturing you. <laughs> so you mentioned that you have to go back to Brazil when the pandemic hit. Was that a personal choice or the government of Brazil told the Brazilians, hey, come back? Because in Canada, when it hit, the prime minister said, hey, all Canadians need to go back home. Yeah, no, it it was not like that here. You, I could stay there, but unfortunately, like you mentioned before, San Francisco is a very expensive city, mm -hmm. and the dollar, the conversion of the dollar for Amer uh, for Brazilian money was getting super high, and of course, I I could not work there, so my parents were supporting me, and if they if they are getting paid in Brazilian money and I am spending in dollar, it becomes super expensive. So, I mean, they, they told me and I, of course I understood and I, I made the decision to come back home. Mm. But you're still going to the classes or? Yes, I, I'm doing online because mm. I, I just thought that, that was going to be better instead of just stopping for like half a year just to keep going and maybe I can graduate and find an internship when I go back. Maybe. You will graduate. Yeah, yeah. No, I will graduate, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but hopefully I can also get a job. Oh, you will, you will, you will. Um, what have you learned about yourself during this pandemic? Oh, I, 
I think I have learned that I am capable of so much because I didn't have time to put some projects in practice and just like the podcast is one thing that I always wanted to do. Hmm. And I learned that I can do so much more, you know, and um, I just need the confidence for it. And I'm getting there by practicing uh, on my own. And I mean, I, I was in Brazil without doing anything before classes started during the summer. And I started learning other um, Adobe's uh, softwares like Illustrator, Photoshop, and then the podcast. So I, I just learned that I'm I'm capable of a lot more than I thought I was. Mm. Hey, listen, you're a high level athlete. Of course, you're capable. <laughs> I wish I wish that was like to the extreme, but otherwise I would be like playing against Serena Williams. But <laughs> I guess it, it's fine. I I take that. I take. That. <laughs> hey. I'm pretty sure you'll do okay against Serena. Maybe like 10 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like half point. <laughs> Maybe if she double fouls. Oh, yeah. Maybe, eh? Oh, I was going <laughs> to ask you about um, tennis. Because I feel like tennis is the sport that women and men could actually go against each other and will be somehow equal. Do you think that makes sense? Um, I would say that that would be a little bit hard because men, they, they are pretty strong. And when I think I, I heard one time that the only women or not the only one, but it's very hard to find one woman that would go like head to head with a men's tennis player. But Serena, of course, Serena is capable of doing that. Mm. But I think that's something that it would be pretty hard to to achieve i think men they're much stronger and the the ball like just just flies more and it's more powerful for sure i mean of course i i wouldn't doubt that it, it also depends off the levels you know like um if you get one girl that plays number one on a college team and maybe a boy or a guy that plays I don't know, four or five on a team, then maybe that would be a comparable. Mm. You mentioned that you're planning on going back to the U.S. and going to school and possibly leaving there. Yeah, I am looking forward to going back. Unfortunately, I don't know what is going on, but the borders is still closed to go back to, to the U.S. from Brazil. Hmm. But I'm definitely looking forward to going back and um, keep pursuing my degree in San Francisco and trying to find internships there as well. And yes, I, I sure want to live in, in the U.S. Hmm. I know it's been frustrating. How are you processing the frustration? Yeah, it is very frustrating. And I would say a couple months ago, I was always overthinking about it and seeing possibilities of me going, I don't know, to Australia or to Portugal or somewhere else besides Brazil, um, because it was just frustrating. And I don't know, I think right now I just have, I just talked with my parents and we were like, you know, if classes my classes just went to online for next semester as well but the campus will be open or the studios tv studios will be open for us to practice so i think um i'm kind of like just focusing on that and they told me you know if if the studios are open then you can go back and um we'll support you so i think that made me a little bit more relaxed i would say mm. Those parents of yours, they're Hall of Famers. I know, they they really are, man. And I mean, my parents, they, they're the greatest. I, I always say that because they, they have been supporting me for so long. And since I, I first made the decision of going to, to the U.S., you know, my, my mom was scared. But I they always support me. And I, I call them every time, probably maybe every day I'm there. And... Just like FaceTime while I can and they they support me and I I I, I don't know, I give them my life. <laughs> of course, of course. And they will do the same for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm mm. sure. So I like this question. I like asking this to my guest. If Brazil gives you the same opportunity that you're craving for in America, would you still move to America or would you stay in Brazil and why? Oh, wow. That's, um, that's a pretty deep question. I, and it's super hard, but I would say I would maybe want to be in America for not only for the opportunities, but because I have met so many great people there and I have built so many memories there. And I, I don't know if the opportunities in Brazil were job opportunities and meeting people, then maybe coming back to Brazil. But if the opportunities means just job opportunities, I would probably be in America. Hmm. I think I, I, I met, like I said, I met so many people in America and people that changed my life for, for good. And I, like I, I said before as well, I like exploring in Brazil. It's not them that safe to explore as the U.S., so maybe I and I, I I prioritize experience more than the cash. So I think I am more about experiencing and meeting new people that would change my life than the money I would make that would change my life. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean you're a true artist. That's how artist thinks. Forget <laughs> about the money. I just want to make art. <laughs> No, you know, I I wanna I wanna be comfortable. Of course, I do, but I also wanna. I mean, I just live one life, you know. And when when I pass away, unfortunately, I won't be taking any of my money with me. But I will sure be. Rem um, people will remind remember of me of who I was, and um, I would be always having that experience. I mean, who can can say they left Brazil and went to California and then uh, they lived in Hawaii? Hmm. You know, so it's that kind of that kind of chances. I I I like taking it. Hmm. Yeah, you're a beast. When you told me those stories, I'm like, man, I'm lazy. <laughs> No, you're not. You have been you have been through so much too. So I did all right. I did all right. So we're getting close there, but I want to ask you one more question. What advice would you give someone wanting to be a student athlete in Brazil or in the US? I would say that in Brazil you wouldn't get the same opportunity of playing college and meeting so many people like you would do in America. And I mean, the maturity you get from leaving home and study abroad, it's huge. So I would just say go and experience it because that's something you won't be able to experience in Brazil. Mm. Wise word from a wise woman. Do you have any more topics would you like to talk about or maybe a question to me or anything um how how would you compare yourself from the time you and um you moved to canada to like who you were before to who you are now oh <laughs> great question hmm they that guy that moved here was arrogant, clueless, and just full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more mature. I'm really grateful that this opportunity was given to me. I, I'm not, I say it all the time that I did nothing to have this opportunity. My mom did all the job and, you know, some people helped her out, but it really changed me a lot. And I was talking to a friend about this, that going away from that group, from that town, opens up my mind. And uh, I'm, again, I'm I'm just grateful that I, I moved to Canada because sometimes I think about like living in the same town where I grew up. I'm like, that's cool, but oh, 
I don't think I can do that. Yeah, I I totally get you. And I mean, I I think you are awesome. So oh, thank <laughs> I think you. Canada did good. I do okay. I do okay. I mean, yeah, it helps. Um, as I get older, and I'm the more I look into towards myself and assess myself, time gives you wisdom, like experience. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I look at pictures of myself when I was younger or a video sometimes, and I'm like, you don't know anything. But obviously, I had to go through that to be this person. I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. But I'm trying. Yeah. And I mean, with time, like you said, you, you get more mature. And that's just on life. Yeah, that's just on life. You're young. And the more experience you get, like you said, you want to experience more things, the more, the more you appreciate life. And I like when you said that, oh, you know, when I pass away, I want people to remember me as a, a fun-loving person, an adventurer. That's awesome. Because uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, you know Nietzsche, the philosopher? No. Anyways, he's crazy, but he says amazing things. That he says that you can only say that you have lived a fulfilled life is when you ask yourself, would you do the same thing? Would you live the same life? And the answer is yes, that's a fulfilled life. And that's what I'm trying to do every day. That's very interesting. Mm, thank you. Again, not my words, I'm a smart person's word. <laughs> so are there, do you have any parting remarks or advice for us? Um, no, I mean, I, I would say that going out of Brazil and leaving my mom's and my parents' wings was probably the best decision I have ever made. Um, like I said, I can go anywhere in the world and I would have friends from France, from Germany, from Japan, from China, from everywhere, you know, so I think going on your own slash with supports of course of your parents it, it's something i would definitely recommend and i mean if you have the chance why not and that's definitely something i take with me for sure mm. you're an inspiration Leticia. thank you so much and thank you for doing the podcast Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate I I mean, we had such a great talk. <laughs> and it, I mean, I, I would always tell our story to everyone because I think that's so cool. And like I said, internet, I mean, internet's great. Mm. Um, so I, I really appreciate your time and um, the podcast. For sure. Thank you. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. Bye. Again, Leticia, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners. As always, this is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. See you guys later.